So I think the way he said it was definitely not the way I would say it, <laughs> but I do think that like he has a point and that like their goal is to one, keep you on the platform. Yes, collect data, sell you things. But mm. their other goal is like to change the way that you do things. So like, um, I would say like the way that photography has changed, the way that travel photography has changed, like because of Instagram, like people changed their behavior because of Instagram, mm. like places like Iceland. Oh God, I wish I had the data, but I was looking at it and it was like, nobody went to Iceland for like fucking ever. And then Instagram blue lagoon. And like, suddenly like the blue lagoon was extremely popular. A ton of people are flying to like Iceland, like blah, blah, blah. So like, it's changing the way like people travel, the way people take pictures. Like it, it does change your behavior. Um, hi, welcome back to season two of BS in Life, where we talk about life beyond your degree. On this week's episode, we talk about the movie, The Social Dilemma on Netflix, um, and just kind of the movie itself and the impact of social media and echo chambers. Oh well, yeah, if you're new here, welcome. Happy to have you. Um, please like and subscribe on YouTube or Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening. We'd love to see your comments. And if you leave something fun, we might read it on next week's episode, which is awesome. Love a shout out. A disclaimer before we mm-hmm. go into this. Uh-oh. I recommended this, right? Okay. It was my idea. It was my idea. Mm-hmm. And it was under good, you know, I had a good intention. Okay. Because I had it recommended to me by good people. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm going to talk very badly about it. <laughs> Okay. And I feel a little hypocritical because I made us watch it. And for the first like 45, 50 minutes, I was like lukewarm to it. Okay. And then like at the end, there was some stuff where I was like, what the fuck is this? And so this is just a disclaimer. I feel like you're going to, I think we approach this from very different places, right? So like I'm... (laughs) I'm ready to talk about like the impact of social media. And I feel like you're about to talk about like, did they use facts? Where did the facts come from? No, no, like, no, no, oh. no, 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 no. Like I, so, so do you want, okay. Just, just as like an overview, do you want to start with the good or the bad? I feel like that we should, we should pick one. Like, do you want to start with stuff, stuff you didn't like first or what, 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 what did you think? Did you like, like it? Did you not like it? Um, I mean, like, I didn't like it, but I thought it was interesting. Like some of the, most of the stuff I already knew because I work in advertising. Mm. So like, I know Mm. like what data we have access to, but, um, like some of it, I didn't know, like more of like on the algorithm stuff side, like how granular they get with like what you see. Mm. Um, but yeah, um, I'm down to start with either. I have pros and cons. So I, I have like, so like like you said, with like facts and whatnot, they, like all of like the quote unquote facts they brought up were kosher, like mm-hmm. legit. Like for instance, I had Dr. Jonathan Haidt on it. He had like three minutes, which I thought was ridiculous because he's probably like, it's like Jonathan Haidt, like way up here and like the stratosphere and everybody else is like on the ground, like walking, like clubs. Like he is like, he should have been the entire documentary. But they didn't <laughs> so he's like they have like everything that they didn't say anything that was not like factually correct mm-hmm. at least uh, as far as i'm concerned um it's like but it's like there's this quote that i heard from uh you know jordan Peterson is oh, i brought him up Ooh. a couple times but he said he was quoting i can't remember who the philosopher was but he said you can't you can't uh what is it you can't draw what should be from what is so it's mm-hmm. like, you, if I give you like a statistic or something that might be true, but like, it's not everybody can agree on what you should do based on that, you know, quote unquote fact. Mm-hmm. That's why we have multiple parties, whatever. People just have different ideas mm-hmm. and different interpretations, which is fine. I thought their interpretation was just, was ridiculous. 
So that's that's where I'm coming from. I don't think that okay. what they said, anything they actually said was incorrect. Oh, okay. Okay, I see where you're coming from. Yes. We are gonna disagree. Okay, okay. Interesting. But I just wanna say like, like as long as like I wanted, like nothing they said was factually incorrect, at least as far as I know. Yeah. Like what they thought should be. The extrapolation. Exactly. Of, yeah. Yes. Okay. You, <laughs> I don't want to start. You go first. <laughs> so I don't know. Well, start, like, let's, let's, just, you... let's start with the good. Let's start with the good. Let's start with the good. Okay. So I am approaching this from like what they said in my life. Right. So like mm-hmm. the, I think some of the things that they brought up about like the positive, like parts of social media Um, Like, I know right off the bat, they mentioned that, like, people have found, like, organs and stuff like that on the platform. And, like, personally, my cousin's life was saved by a Facebook group um, because he had Rona and he literally, they were like, look, it's not going to happen. Like, he's not going to make it. And then they found a, like, plasma donor on a Facebook page who flew to Nevada. And after he got the plasma, he, like, was okay. Uh And, like, they pulled him off the vent. So, like actually happens um it's like that's awesome I think being connected to people in that way is really positive Mm. um I've made a few friends across the world from like Disney Instagram um that I still speak to all the time and like I'm really grateful for those like connections um and that never would have happened if I hadn't had like social um but I think the the positives for me was like a very short list Whereas the negatives for me was like significantly longer. Well, no, I meant like the positives, why you think not like positives, like things that are good in the film, but why the film, why you thought the film was good, if that makes sense. Oh, I mean, like I didn't, I think it's good that they're talking about the fact that these platforms are made to keep you on the platform. So like the fact that like they're made like slot machines and that their, their whole reason to have you is like to keep you on the platform looking at stuff so they can give you ads and take like collect data. Mm-hmm. I think it's good that people start understanding that because I feel like most people like like they said like most people are like oh it's free and it's like it's not free like mm-hmm. you're giving things up but um I don't know I don't know if there was like a ton of good things mm-hmm. I mean I, I think so, I think well, having the conversation is important if that makes yeah sense. so I mean going back to what you said about like the the positive owner and Facebook groups and like, like that that kind of highlights what I why I did not. I don't know. I said let's start with the good. Let's just start with the good. Let's just start with the good. So, I like I said, Jonathan Knight, Doctor Jonathan Knight. I he's freaking awesome. Him, uh, Stephen Pinker, like those are like behemoths. Daniel Kahneman, like those are just like, the best psychologists you can, social psychologists you can go read about. So him on there, talking about how like so so for instance, I do think there is an issue. If that makes sense. So I have like some data here the 12 month pre- the 12 month prevalence of major depressive depressive episodes increased from april 8.7% in 2005 to 11.3% in 2014 in adolescents so it's like it's not like 100% increase but it's like it's definitely a notable a notable spike in something that's like not very good and that's still going up where i'm like okay something's going on and so so Dr. Jonathan Haidt hypothesized three different things. One, the adoption of smartphones and social media, like not good. Mm-hmm. Two, changes in parenting practices. So loss of autonomy and unsupervised play. Mm-hmm. So like parents are more, mm-hmm. more maybe helicopter parent kind okay. of thing. And three, economic factors and, a glo- and the global financial crisis, a growing inequality or some other things might be contributing to it. And so mm-hmm. in my mind, I'm like, well, the, one, I agree there's something going on, something not good. Mm-hmm. Two, here are some maybe things that might go on. In my mind, I think they're gonna go like go into them. I'm gonna talk about them. I'm gonna talk about social because this is. I mean, I I knew very little about this documentary before I watched it. Okay. I knew it was called the Social Dilemma. I had had friends tell me it was good. Um, so I'm like, okay, I had high hopes, and I th- I thought they were gonna do something. And so anyway, so they have, there's this issue, right? But in my mind, I'm like, okay, people are getting more depressed. Well, let's say specifically teens and adolescents are getting more depressed. 
but the world is as safe as it ever has been ever like by like tons 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 not just by like a few percentage points but like an order of magnitude so i'm like we're getting safer the world is getting richer we're living longer like all these good things are happening why is why is this there's something not adding up <laughs> so i thought they're going to go into that they didn't and so but the good thing was they had Dr. Hyde on there to talk about the increase in suicides in, in young women, how it's like just it really just going up really fast. And so I thought that was good. And I thought, honestly, I thought like the actual filmmaking skills, I'm not a fucking like, you know, I'm not like, I don't know a lot about film, but it really gets your heart going, you know, like it really gets you like into it, which I, I appreciated. It was an entertaining what they call it? it's like a documentary drama it's like something. a mockumentary not mockumentary but like yeah like doc- documentary light kind of yeah. like a weird combo yeah and so i did like that and then this is going to be the end of what i liked but at the very end when they talked about what you can do because i always like like okay well you're making like this hour plus that's this hour plus documentary talking about how terrible everything is how the world's going to shit but like you better like give something like what can people do and so they did do that and so i was like okay they gave something and in the although i didn't like all of the recommendations the the dude who i like thought was you know the dude with like the dreads oh yeah he was he was he was kind of making me mad but what he did say was cool he's like just stop using him i was like there you go yeah just stop using him and so i was like He's his his one was good. His recommendation was good. Dr. Hyde's recommendation obviously was amazing. And I think that was the only two. I <laughs> so the recommendations, the fact that they gave recommendations at the very end, like what can you do, I enjoyed. And that's probably like the end of why I liked it. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> um, yeah. So. Oh God. Oh, okay. So the first thing that got me. So the first thing that got me. So the, the like the you know how they had like the the person the doc the the guy or they're like interviewing tech CEOs and whatever from one line of the film, mm-hmm. and then they're following like a family on the other line of the film, right? Mm-hmm. So the first one where I was like, what the fuck is this? Was when. They're, the mom sees the ad for like that jar, right? With the timer. Mm-hmm. And she's like, tonight we're not, no phones at the table. We're going to talk as a family. Mm-hmm. And they're all like, oh, and she's like, yeah, just put them in here and you'll get a mic after. And she's like, all right, whatever. And they put them in and then they're talking and the youngest girl goes and bashes open the jar to get her phone out. Mm-hmm. And so in my mind, I'm like, first of all, if my parents were to said no phones at the table, it's no fucking tones at the table. It's not like I have to put it in a jar. It's like there's no phones at the table, or you'll get like you'll get beat. Like <laughs> there's no there's no in between. And so that was the first thing. I was like, okay, whatever. Second, if I were to walk over to the jar and bust it open, I would like I don't even know what my dad would have done. Like I probably wouldn't be here right now if I would have did some stupid shit like that. And so in my mind, I'm like, well, this doesn't seem like a social media problem. It seems like a bad parenting problem. Like I like, like, I can't imagine doing some stupid, something stupid like that ever, 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 ever. Like not because there wasn't stuff that I was tempted to do. Like I had like, I had a, like, although it wasn't like a supercomputer, I had a cell phone where I could text my friends and stuff, but I was like deathly afraid of my parents to ever like, if my dad or my mom would be like, no phone at the table, it's not like, oh, let me go sneak it. It's like, there's no fucking phones at the table. <laughs> so that's what, that was my first impression. I was like, this doesn't seem like a social media problem. It seems like you don't know how to handle your kids' problem. But that was just me. So that was the first thing that got me when I was kind of like, So on that point, right? Um, I didn't take it at face value. Like I thought it was more of just like a, a visual representation of what they're saying. So like, obviously they're not saying that if you put your phone in a glass case, your daughter's going to get up from the table and go get it. Mm-hmm. But like, for example, in Allie's life, Um, when I got in trouble, my parents would take my phone away. So I started to set an alarm for a time that they weren't in the house so that when the alarm went off, I would know where they hid the phone and I could go get the phone, use the phone and then put it back. 
So like, I, I saw it more as a representation of that. Like, yes, kids are addicted to their phones. They're <laughs> gonna use them even when you say not to use them. Um, so like, I didn't think it was like that, you know? Like I thought it was more of like a... <laughs> so yeah, I mean, but in my mind, I'm like, they're trying to paint. Well, so yeah, so I thought they were trying to paint social media in this like social media is driving your kids crazy so it's social media is probably the issue with social media that's why your teen or daughter went to this pretty drastic extreme to bust open the jar to get her phone in the middle of dinner which i'm Mm -hmm. like that's a little that's a little extreme like if it was like staying up late on the like something like like staying up late on the phone or like i don't know doing some like something that's like okay like shouldn't do that it's not good it's not a good sign but something like getting up in the middle of the dinner table to bat like then i'm like all right there's something wrong with there's something wrong with the family dynamic not the not the social media so that was my first mm-hmm. i was like oh, i don't know about that but but mind you that's only like what 30 minutes 10 in? seconds that's like no I'm like into the film it's like 30 minutes in right oh that's yeah it's like so like it's fairly, pretty early, early so i'm like film. when i saw that like like i said like the first three quarters of the movie i'm like okay i'm listening i'm thinking whatnot but like the last quarter is what really but i was like all right this is stupid but so when i first saw it i was like uh, i kind of like shook my head scratched my head a little bit but i wasn't like this is garbage i was kind of like i don't know about that so that was the first one Mm -hmm. then they had so this this dread had a dude Mm -hmm. this dude (laughs) who's like the first thing he said, or I don't know if it was the first thing, but this, but when they talked to one of the CEOs and they're <laughs> like, oh, um, it's an algorithm to keep you on so they can sell you ads and this, or, and it's not free or something. You're saying all that. And I was like, okay. And the guy's like, well, no, it's too simplistic. They're trying to gradually change your behavior into what they like control you. And I was like, what? Like, I, I think like, if the, I was like, they're trying to like, are you being serious? Like, I feel like they're just trying to sell me some shit. Like they just want me to click on some ads or they're trying to follow what I'm doing to know what I like so they can show me some ads and they want to keep me on the platform. So I see more ads and increase the chance I buy something. That's, that's what I'm thinking. And I'm like, gradual and pers- he was like gradual changes in my behavior and my perception. And like, I was like, I don't know, dude. I feel like you're reaching a little bit. I feel like it's like getting out there a little bit. So I think the way he said it was definitely not the way I would say it. <laughs> but I do think that like he has a point and that like their goal is to one, keep you on the platform. Yes, collect data, sell you things. But yeah. their other goal is like to change the way that you do things. So like um, I would say like the way that photography has changed, the way that travel photography has changed, like because of Instagram, like people changed their behavior because of Instagram, mm. like places like Iceland. Oh God, I wish I had the data, but I was looking at it and it was like, nobody went to Iceland for like fucking ever. And then Instagram blue lagoon. And like, suddenly like the blue lagoon was extremely popular. A ton of people are flying to like Iceland, like blah, blah, blah. So like, it's changing the way like people travel, the way people take pictures. Like it, it does change your behavior. Okay. But yeah, I agree. But like, is that like just a symptom of the dropping of Instagram? Or do you think it's like, I feel like you made it seem like, like just like in the film, how they had those three bots who were like controlling, trying to control the dude. They make it seem like there's like a nefarious force in Instagram. It's like, I need to change, you know, John or Allie X, Y, and Z ways in this direction so I can lead them down this nefarious path. And I'm like, uh, I think they just want to make money. Like, I'm pretty sure if I had to guess what their motive was, it's make money. And it's like, so the- do our like actions change and our behaviors change as a result of this? I mean, of course, that's why we have these like the increase in depression, the increase in suicide, like, of course, but it's like, it was that is that a symptom of social media or is they, is there a nefarious force in social media trying to do that? Not do that, so, but change your behavior. I don't think it's a nefarious force. I don't think there's people with like, you know, the crooked smile and like <laughs> an evil like, uniform on, like I'm going to change them. But I think like, <laughs> like that is their goal. Like they want 
to change your behavior. So you use the platform more so they get more data. So the algorithm gets better. So like they succeed, they get bigger. Like the, the goal is to change your behavior. But I don't think it's, I don't think they're like, I'm going to change the world. It's like, I want to grow <laughs> my business, you know? Like, I don't think it's coming from an evil place, okay. but that is their goal. But, but okay. So would you say it's to change your behavior and the behavior being to stay on the platform longer? Yeah. Like stay on the I, platform I longer. Like I, I can't see any other, like, when you, like change your behavior. I can, I can see that to like, to the extent that they want you to pick up your phone and go on the platform more which, okay, sure, so you can be, because I mean, like I said, be on the platform more, look at more ads, buy more shit, like, yeah, but like, I, just the way, I don't know, I don't, I don't have the, I can't quote him, like, I don't know what he said. I remember said, what he said. But it was yeah, pretty, I, like, it was nefarious weird. and dark, and like, and I was like, what, like, are you sure? So like, am I, is that just being me, or is that just me, or was he, was he being a little, like, extra about it? I think we just, like, took it differently, so like, I, I didn't take anything they said at, like, like, this is exactly what they mean. I think they were like, obviously trying to get their point across that like social media can be dangerous, like all these things. And like everything that they showed was just like trying to illustrate what, like illustrate that. So like, he's like, they're trying to change your behavior. Like, it, I mean, they are, but like, I don't think it's coming from like this like super scary, like the people in the back room, like, <laughs> like place, <laughs> like. Because <laughs> I mean, I mean, ultimately like what, what I this is one of the bigger points what I didn't like is what they they were kind of making it seem like social media was like like social media was almost controlling you like controlling people like making them do what they want to do and in my mind I'm like well no this is just this is like like you said earlier with the Facebook post like this technology is just a tool like you can use it to save someone's life in the sense of like getting a plasma plasma transfusion, right? Or you could be hopelessly addicted to it and always on your phone for no reason. And I'm like, because like I said, like, or like you said, like, I feel like there's a lot of good that's been done from these technologies. Like throughout college, I would message throwers and like strength coaches and connect with people, like, because I want to talk to them and connect and it's easy. It's just on the phone. So it's like super simple and it's super, it's, it's awesome, but it's like, it, but it's not, I feel like they're making it out to be like, you are a slave to your social media and social media is, has been trying to make you a slave and all this other stuff. I'm like, no, it's just a tool. And I feel like people talk about this. And I think the bigger, the bigger reason why I didn't like it is because people often talk about junk food. Like they talk about this, like, it's like, no junk food is, it's, it's con not controlling you, but like, it's, uh, making you addicted to it and it's this that and the third and I'm like yes like yes there are some combinations of salt sugar and fats it's like really highly sati like high highly satiating and like very very like palatable but it's like no one forced you to put it the twinkie in your mouth like or put whatever food in your mouth like you made the effort you made the conscious effort and like I have this twinkie or I have this piece of pizza I have whatever it is and I'm going to eat it it's like no one forced you to do it and that's what I, that's what I always make. I, that's what I saw the parallels. So I think we approach it from different angles. And I think that's why we disagree on this. So you compare it to the food thing and I compare it more to like um, a gambler or like an alcohol addiction. Like, yes, you, you could tell an alcoholic, nobody's forcing you to put the alcohol bottle to your lips, but like they are addicted to it. Mm -hmm. And like, regardless of like the fact that it's going to ruin their life or like they could die, whatever, like they're going to keep drinking like it's, it's, it's an addiction. Like the, it's literally built like a slot machine. Like it is a gambling addiction. Like essentially, like you have a, a slot machine in your hand that you keep pulling and it's going to keep showing you things and bright lights and fancy sounds. It's going to keep you there. Mm -hmm. So like, I do think that it is built in a way to be addicting and to certain people with like addictive personalities or to certain people who are more susceptible to it. Like, I, I do think it is, built in a way to keep you there and keep you coming back regardless of like like your not like your choice but like without you thinking about it I guess mm -hmm. um so yeah I, I disagree I do think that it is I think it can be controlling and like obviously like you can delete the platform but like um like for example I deleted Instagram and like 
I lost like friends because like that was the only platform where I was talking to them. Like, obviously they weren't good friends. Like I don't necessarily miss them in my life, but like I missed out on things and like I felt disconnected. And like for the first like month and a half, I didn't have Snapchat. Like I felt like super out of the loop mm-hmm. and like, it's really just, like distressing to like miss that piece of like your like social circle. So like you feel like you have to go back into it so you can be back in the loop. Mm. So like, I do think in a way these platforms are like built to control you, to keep you on there longer, regardless of like whether or not you want to be on them, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, so I don't remember if I told you, but I deleted Instagram a little while ago for like a couple of weeks. Right. And mm-hmm. I will admit it is weird. It's weird. It's like, you feel like not, like you said, like not in the loop. Like I felt like I was missing out on a segment of like news almost, or a mm-hmm. segment of like, I don't know, relevant events that I was missing. And it was, it was eerie and it was like a, like a, what is the word? Like it made me think like, Oh snap, like what is going on? Like, I don't think I should be feeling like this, like almost isolated from, from the rest of what's going on. So I, there, I'm not saying like, there's not like, I'm not comparing it to something that's like a piece of fruit as a pity. Like there, there is a difference between a piece of fruit and like a Twinkie, like mm-hmm. Twinkie is super palatable piece of fruit. Although it's sweet, it has sugar. It's like, they're definitely not the same thing, but like, the, tw- the 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 distinction I'm trying to draw is like you can put both down and you can make the decision to put the pear in your mouth and not the Twinkie and like the and I'm I'm not like hard pressed like I'm willing to give on this point but what I'm what I'm going getting at is like in so this is was this is this was the this was the comment that put the dagger in the documentary. And if I would have heard this comment, like within the first three minutes, I probably would have scrapped this whole episode and been like, I'm not, watch- I'm not watching this. Was, I can't remember the pro- professor's name. Um, it was the lady with the poofy hair. Mm-hmm. And she was like, we should ban this market. And I'm like, and honestly, I'm like, I don't know if we should ban it, but like, I'm open to hear what you got to say, whatever, like, mm-hmm. why? And she's like, it's not unprecedented. Like we banned markets before. And she's like, we ban the market on uh, human organ trafficking and we ba- ban the market on human slavery. I'm like, so we, I refuse to think that I don't have a choice to go on social media. I don't think people who were slaves, bought and sold as slaves, had a choice to be a slave. Like to make that comparison, I'm like, all right, no, no. Like that's, that's ridiculous. That is absolutely ridiculous. Like, I don't, I'm not mm-hmm. saying it's, I'm not like, and this is another thing too. I'm not saying it's easy to not eat the Twinkie. Mm-hmm. eating the twink it's easy to eat twinkie because it tastes good and it's eating you it's cheap and whatever but you don't have to eat it that's what i'm trying to say like no one's making you eat it so when you make that comparison with slavery i'm like i don't think the slaves chose to be slaves like i think that's a little different yeah so like i wouldn't again i wouldn't compare it to slavery <laughs> like uh I-, I wouldn't compare anything to that um <laughs> I don't think it needs to be banned, but I think it should be regulated. I think when you're like the comparison to kids programming, he's like, we, we regulate what kids can see on TV. Like, why wouldn't we regulate what they can see on their phones? Like it's to protect them. Like that's more of the angle that I would come from. Uh Um, But again, and I don't know like if it's because like you've never like had relatives or like someone close to you that's had to deal with like addiction at like a like that kind of a level but I Mm -hmm. see addiction and I I see the like the ability to put it down very differently so like yes physically you can put it down like like it is like a possibility to like let go of that part of your life but I think when it comes to things that people are addicted to when it comes to addiction like that's a mental illness and like I don't think it's that simple I, so like I wouldn't make that comparison but like I I do agree that like the, the obviously the slavery comment is like a little <laughs> out of pocket um yeah. well so no, I don't I, think it needs to be banned I like I agree like I said I'm not saying it's easy like that's the biggest thing like, it's not easy and that's that's why I think we agree is because like I think there was something here like like I said there's definitely something going on something wrong there's it's, there's all this data to say like what's going on and that's why I have the biggest issue with this this movie is because like there's a big problem here that needs like real like needs to be accurately and well addressed because it's important mm-hmm. but for them to say dumb or not cool stuff then i'm like you just wasted you wasted this opportunity for like mm-hmm. 
to try and over uh, dramatize it and say all this stupid stuff mm-hmm. and it's like where i'm like trying to go with this is like they made it seem as if there is no choice like mm-hmm. they, there is no choice and like with addiction like i've I'm, i probably don't have like an extensive uh what is the word like familiarity with it but like that, i feel like that's the biggest thing that you have to keep on like you have a choice and there's there's hope there and with the choice comes hope like if there's no choice and just you know drink it till you die or do whatever you till you die like there's no choice and no hope like there's, mm-hmm. there's a choice there so where there's a choice there's hope and that's where i'm that's the angle i'm kind of coming from. not from the not like there's a choice and you suck because you can't make the right choice it's there's a choice so there's hope mm, so, okay with social media what yeah. I thought, the thing was it was like there's no choice because social media is controlling you and has like their finger in your butt so it's like there's no choice i'm like well no it's bullshit like that's that's not true yeah i would i would agree um yeah like it's there I don't think that we're like hopeless like obviously there's a choice to not use a platform like I don't have Instagram on my stuff anymore like uh you can choose not to use them but like yeah I do think they need it's a problem and And, like I don't think they I again I don't think they addressed it the way I would have addressed it um (laughs) or like the stuff that I would have like preferred to talk about um yeah and i feel like the whole thing like i said it was a good like film like it it was like produced well because entertaining it's like a lot of like your juices flowing but i'm like i feel like the only thing that you leave like you you leave away from that is that like we're going in a direction like the point of no return where technology the algorithms are going to get so good where they're going to control us and there's no choice and doom and gloom and oblivion and where I also was like upset, I was like, well, I guess not upset. I just know now, but like people were like telling me, oh, you should watch it. You should watch it. Um, it's eye-opening and it's really good. This, that, and third. I'm like, and like, like I said, like Dr. Jonathan Haidt, he extensively researches this stuff. Dr. Steven Pinker, he researches this stuff. And I like obviously follow the research. So like I've, I don't want to say I know a lot about this because I don't, but like I've been following what they say and like what they've been putting out. So I'm like not completely coming into this blind mm-hmm. but when they when all these people tell me this is great I'm like this didn't answer anything like this makes it seem as if we're going to a point of no return and technology and algorithms are going to take over the world and like I was kind of like see I had a different takeaway like similar takeaway so like my it the the thing I got was like the, we're headed to a dark place because of the way the humans are using the technology, not because of like the AI, mm-hmm. um, which like that I agree with. I think like the like echo chambers and like the spread of misinformation, like when they said it was like misinformation spreads like 60% faster on there than like regular news or something. Mm-hmm. Like I think that is the dangerous place we're getting to like a place like where nobody believes each other we can't have like conversations like what is like facts like nobody believes anything like that that to me is like the scary thing that they were talking about not like the ai and like that stuff although i was working while i watched this so like i did miss things but like (laughs) um that was like my takeaway like from the end if that makes sense Mm, which I think it's a good take. Like, like I said, like not all, a lot of the factual stuff that they said was was true, which is why, like, I'd say it's like sixty percent. I didn't like it. Forty percent good because they had Dr. Hyde on there. They had all of the things they were actually saying and purporting. All the statistics they were they were reporting were accurate, which is like that is the least I would like would please me. I was like, as long as what you are saying is accurate. Um, I can at least roll with you for a little bit, but once you go to those interpretations and like you start going out there, then I'm like, I don't know if I can go with you. You know what I mean? So like, like I said, yeah. like, what they were saying was true, and like especially what they were saying, I can't remember who said. It. I don't think he was part of the actual program, but they had a clip of this guy. I think he's a pres- former president of Facebook, but he was saying like, right, we have like created these echo chambers around us, right? Of like social media is like giving us everything we like everything we like everything we like everything we like and i'm like yeah it's true like if you have like like what was the good bad good economics for hard times right that was the book mm-hmm. 
he's i can't remember the exact figures but he said something like if you are if you lean liberal like 95 percent of your social media feed will be curated like like as if will be will be like mostly liberal content if you're conservative, some like 98% or 96%. I'm like, holy shit. Like, and this is another thing that gets me mad. This is a little aside of the actual. And this is where I actually can get, if they were to follow this and like be doom and gloom about this, I'd be more on board. Um, but when I like, when you hear something like this, like a, like the, the economist that reported, this was a Nobel Prize winner, right? I'm pretty sure he was. And him and his, I think it was his wife. When I hear this from like a Nobel Prize winning economist, I'm like, oh, and I like take it like you, you kind of like reflect, right? Like, oh, snap, like I've been seeing all this stuff and like, uh, like you kind of put stuff in perspective, right? Like you kind of you put social media into perspective of it's an echo chamber of 95% of people who think just like you, which you can take from that what you want. But as long as you have that perspective, you can like make rational decisions around that, right? Mm-hmm. where I see an issue is where I tell, I won't say anybody's name, but like when I like share these things, or like we have this podcast where we share these things with people. And right now it's like friends and family. But if I go to a friend or a family member or something and I like that, they'll talk to me about the podcast. And like, I share, like we talk about these statistics and like later on down the road, it's like, they kind of just like, it's like, like a fun fact almost. Like it's a fun fact. And then it leaves the head. And then like you go back to doing what you were doing. And it's like, what is the point of this thing? <laughs> like the point, like, what is the point of sharing that you're in a, a, a curated echo chamber of Instagram, social media, if you're not going to take this to heart and actually make, make adjustments accordingly. So does that make sense? No. Cause <laughs> I think a lot of people, it's the cave, like Plato's allegory of the cave. Like you're in the cave, you see the like things on the wall and that's like your world. Right. Mm-hmm. So like, I think if you tell people like it's an echo chamber, not everyone thinks like you, but like everyone in their world thinks that way, then like that's how they're going to think. And they're going to think that you're an idiot and you don't know what you're talking about. And they'll like the media is controlling you or something like, okay. I so don't... What, what do you think the remedy is to that? Cause that if, if they were like, let's say if they were to go, this social dilemma goes into this direction. This is, this is like one of the directions I think is worth going into like mm-hmm. how to like get people out of this and whatnot. It's like, instead of, because let's say that tech gets regulated or whatever, that's like, I can't control that. I mean, we can control like votes and like voicing our opinions, but like ultimately we have no say in like, in like immediately what happens. Like we can only control what I do on my phone today, like right now. It's mm-hmm. like, what do you think is the remedy to that? God, I don't know. I would deserve a Nobel prize if I could solve that problem. <laughs> um, so, the, oh God, I can't even like really explain. I know someone who, when I say, you think that way because of where you live and because of who you know mm-hmm. tells me and i quote you don't understand you're a liberal who's being controlled by the media like <laughs> like no like you're wrong oh, like, wait, wait. so they, if you wait wait you tell someone else that and they tell you they respond with what you just said yes okay okay um so like i i don't know how to have a conversation with that person because anytime I say like, you know, like the facts are that like he lost the election mm-hmm. or um, like, like if I respond with a fact, they mm-hmm. tell me that I'm being controlled, that I don't know what I'm talking about, that I'm a sheep, that that's not true. Mm-hmm. Um, and their argument is that educated people think they're better than other people. Mm-hmm. And like, they, they don't, there's no like you you can't present facts they don't care so like i don't know how you would have even a conversation or like get around that right yeah like like, i I literally in my head like my solution is that i just don't talk to them about anything that's like not sunshine and rainbows because like every argument turns into like a you're a liberal puppet (laughs) so like there's no like getting around it i don't know how to like fix it i mean yeah that goes back to you can't derive what ought, an ought from an is that was, that was a quote you can't derive an ought from an is so if you have like objective facts not everybody can agree on the best route of action from those facts to make it either better or mitigate whatever it might be um 
but I think where what you're getting at is like not everybody agrees on what is, which is yeah. I think it's not a great place. Like if not everybody well, can agree on what is, and it's like, oh my God, like what do you even do? You're living in two different universes. Yeah, there's it's it's hard to even have a conversation because we're operating off of two different yeah, premises. like sets of like facts. Like literally two different sets of facts. Mm. I, I so weird. If so actually this is a good plug which obviously we're a small podcast. I'm not getting paid to say this, but I've been listening to this podcast a lot. It's by Dr. Arthur, Arthur Brooks. He's a economist from NYU. And he has a podcast called The Art of Happiness. And one of the things he talks about is how to have a good conversation of two people who disagree. And he's like, if you have two adults, uh, one way to actually start the debate is to talk about each other's kids. Because like, mm-hmm. you don't, like you love your kids, they love their kids. That's something you guys share. I mean, obviously I don't have kids, like not everybody has kids, but like, if, if you know, both people have kids and you're moderating or something, you ask them both about their kids so they can connect about their kids. They have a shared relation. And then you obviously, you obviously, you start from a place where everybody is happier, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But, um, so, I mean, I don't know. I'm not like, I've never actually had to use, I've never actually used that. Cause I'm, I don't really have a lot of big debates, but it's like, I feel like that might be like a good thing to do is like start from a place of like, I don't know if that, I feel like so that like, works like a here, formal here's setting. Why, yeah. I was like, here's why I don't think that would work. Um, we're family. Oh, fuck. <laughs> we, that <laughs> all of our conversations start from that place. Like, Hey, I saw this amazing TV show. Oh my God. I loved it. Blah, 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 blah. Enter <laughs> the rest of it. So like, I, that's why I'm like, I don't know. I don't okay, know so, what you been. So do you think social media makes this worse? Yes. Okay. And how does it make it worse? So I think echo chambers, one. I think when you have other people, I think when the majority of the people that you hear and see are echoing your thoughts, it like reinforces that like, oh, everyone thinks the way I think, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that can be dangerous. And I think the way that the algorithms work, like one of the things they talked about is like, if you're a person who is interested in conspiracy theories, like the algorithm is going to give you more conspiracy theories and you're going to go further into that. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I, I've seen it happen to like people in my family who like kind of started with like, oh, like Trump's kind of cool, blah, blah, blah. And now are like, all the way into QAnon, like, like, really, <laughs> like, like I've seen, I've seen the rabbit hole, like progress, yeah. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I think that can be really dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, even on like the non, like on the left side, like for me, like, I like TikTok because their algorithm is so good that I only see things that I like. Yeah. And it can be dangerous because like, for me, when it came to the election, all I saw where liberal TikToks about like how much people hate Trump or like uh, like how great Planned Parenthood is, blah, 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 blah. And when the election was so close, I was floored. Like I was absolutely flabbergasted. Like mm-hmm. I didn't expect that. Mm-hmm. Um, like, especially with like the polls and stuff, like I was like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like, it even happens on the other side. Like I didn't, I, I knew that like I was in an echo chamber I knew the TikTok algorithm is good and that's why I like the platform, but I still was surprised at the outcome because mm-hmm. I don't watch Fox News. I don't watch their thing. So I didn't know how popular he was among that base. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I think I already know your answer. Well, let's say, let me, let me hear your thoughts on this. So when I, when I talk to people who want, I mean, I'm not a trainer anymore. And I probably won't be a trainer anymore. I just don't, that's not my, my, my stuff. But like when I have like family members or like friends who want to get into shape or want fit fitness and health tips. Right. Mm -hmm. When, so if I hear a couple things, two things, I want to lose X amount of weight for, you know, this event, Mm -hmm. then I'm like, okay, you have an event. There's a timeline. Like if you want to make it, like we're going to have to do, X, Y, and Z. We're gonna have to track, like, let's say I have to, we have to track calories. You have to weigh mm-hmm. what you eat. And mm-hmm. it's like, people automatically are like, no, I don't wanna do it. I'm like, well, do you wanna lose the weight or no? And it's like, 
this is the most assured way that you can get to your goal and you know calibrate wherever you're going all the way away like if you're losing weight too fast adds more calories you know we, we can definitely i can get you there if you want to try calories mm-hmm. people don't want to do it because in my opinion they they just don't want to do it because they i don't know why but they te- they say it because they don't have time or this that and third i'm like look people have time it's not it doesn't take that long if you just don't want to do it like just say you don't want to do it but anyway so i my automatic response is like when when you hear a claim or a fact whatever it may be that you might that's that seems like bold then you have to look at the primary research you have to look at the research and i'm not saying you have to be able to interpret every little detail within the research article because i don't even, like i'm in graduate school right now and i don't even know how to do that like that's hard and that takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of background in, in the in the field and whatever but like if you just learn how to go to like a study and look at what the author said and make sure the data that they report is there and learn a basic background of statistics, you know, I think you could shield yourself from a lot of being led, being led astray. What do you think about that? Cause I feel like that's like the same thing as when I tell people try calories and they're like, no, and I'm like, well, fuck, I don't know what to tell you. Yes and no. So again, it depends on two things. So if we're talking about facts and figures, you that only works under the assumption that like there is a set of facts that are the truth. Mm-hmm. So like there are people who will look at data that says that like coronavirus, that, that says that masks work. Mm-hmm. Like the data says that masks help to protect people, right? Mm-hmm. There are people who look at that and say like, that's just wrong. Like it's, it's not true. Like they're lying to you. So like it, it only works if you're willing to accept the results of the data. Does that make sense? So you're saying that because only maybe one half of people will actually accept the data that another half maybe won't accept the data that it still won't work. I'm saying that like, I think the problem is deeper than like presenting the data to people like there are people who like if you show them the results of a study are going to be like that's big pharma telling you what they want you to think (laughs) it's really the 5g towers so like i think like for me i don't know if necessarily just having the facts and presenting the facts and having people understand them would change the problem Mm -hmm. and like the second thing is like it depends on the problem so like like i said like the my my inclination that biden was further ahead than he was because of what i was seeing is not something that i could have checked with like facts or figures like the polls were showing what i saw and like there weren't there's not really facts and figures you can see before an election because like not everyone participates in polling polling isn't great like we know this so like when it comes to like those kinds of events or those kinds of things that like you get from your echo chamber, I don't know that there's necessarily a solution that you can fix with facts because the facts come after the event, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, I agree, but I think that there's also, I think that's part of like the, almost the disconnect because I think people think when they see, like I always say like statistics aren't science, but science includes statistics. Like mm-hmm. there's a, there's a classic statistics that you learn in like in the most, undergraduate classes that one one of the famous ones is like uh they'll show you a graph right of kids shoe size and their skew their their test scores on a on a standardized test and for between the ages of like six and like 13 and it's like you see a straight line so it's like oh kids with bigger shoe size are smarter or something like that and it's like well no if they have a bigger shoe size they're probably older they probably have more schooling in math and that's why they score better on this on this particular yeah that just turned on and it freaked me out yeah been acting weird lately (laughs) but um so yeah like statistics and figures aren't science the science includes statistics and figures so i think that's one thing that like it's kind of a disconnect where they say you if you see a set of numbers or you see a set of you know figures you know another thing is like statistics and figures are almost meaningless unless you can give them context that you can explain what they mean. Like, like I said, like 
you can't derive an ought from an is like you can see an is but like what does it mean and it's like that's part of science like what does this mean and i think that's that's part of what i'm saying of like being able to look at primary research because it's like yeah research includes statistics but statistics isn't research those are just numbers and i think that i mean i think people this is another thing too that i always get pushed back on is like john you're like you're in graduate school like not everybody's there yet i'm like look like i'm i'm being real like this is not like this is not rocket science like it's it's just a, a like i have a book where it's like it's super he lays it out super simply and it's like i would say i would say like 95 percent, 99 percent of the people can get these concepts but like i don't know like they're like intimidated or like they don't want to do it maybe it's like akin to the calorie counting thing where it's like i don't have time it's like no you have time it's just gonna be hard and it's gonna be it's gonna take a little time it's gonna take a little effort it's gonna it's not gonna be easy but it's like it's worth it and i don't know how to like tell people like it's, it's not gonna be easy but you can do it and it's gonna be worth it so I think, and I don't know if this is going to sound dumb, but it's kind of what I think. So a lot of these people that believe that don't necessarily accept the science or that won't go in to look at the research and believe that like we're being lied to are coming from an uneducated background. Mm -hmm. And I think part of that unwillingness to like accept the science, uh, accept like the figures is like an unwillingness to accept their own lack of knowledge and like lack of ability to think critically. Mm-hmm. So like, like one of the arguments I hear a lot from that side would be like, you think you know all these things you went to college, you think you're so smart. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, like, yes, college does help make you like a better critical thinker. It exposes you to like other things and like you look at research and stuff like that. But like, I think a lot of these people don't want to do these things because it would mean like acknowledging that like they're not very bright, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. So like, how do you overcome that? Mm -hmm. I think like you're coming from like a very, um, not like, intellectual place but like you're coming from a place of someone who's very well educated and I think to to fix the disconnect with like people who are not very well educated the the answer can't just be data and science because Mm -hmm. that requires them to like accept the fact that like they're not very smart Mm -hmm. does that make sense like does that it makes sense but I'm like I, I don't think people realize like my freshman year of college, like in high school, like I got okay grades and it's like, it wasn't, I never challenged myself very much. And I know I could do more, but it's like, when I got to college, my freshman year, I was in like the, not even the very first classes. I was in like the, the pre-classes for all my science classes. Like the, you're not there. You're going to fail if we put you into the basic classes. So we have to put you into remedial the, the remedial ones. And it's like, in my mind, when I was there, I was like, well, I want to do exercise science, like, and I'm not going to do anything else. So like, I guess I got to do it. And so when I'm in these classes, and so I had peers, right, who are in the regular classes and some were in advanced classes. So in my mind, so I'm not in my mind. So like, I'm literally in like the dumber classes, right? Let's say that this should be really the dumber classes. And so when I'm sitting at a table, when I was sitting at tables, like sitting with them, they would never ask me questions about the curriculum. Cause it's like, mm-hmm. you're in the dumber class. Like, I'm, I'm not going to ask you that. And it's, I'm not in the same class, obviously. That's probably obviously part of it. But a lot of our material overlapped. So it's like mm. all of the stuff that my peers I questioned was I could have probably helped, but they never asked me because they thought I, did, I didn't know how to. I couldn't. I wasn't intellectually there, maybe. I don't know what it is, but that, they wouldn't ask me. And eventually, and I will admit, there's like you get like this complex, right? Of like, oh, snap, I'm not smart enough. Like, I can't do it. This and the third. And um, eventually, I just realize like you're progressing and you can do it and you take the steps that are in front of you. Like if I were to be like, oh, I can do it and maybe just jump cannonball first to the first class, obviously I'm going to be lost. Obviously I'm not going to be able to pass. Obviously I'm going to feel overwhelmed. So it's like, when I say like, if I tell you like go into the journal of the, the American Medical, Medical Association or the, uh, I don't know, like some kind of biomedical journal, it's like, that's not the first step. You're going to be overwhelmed and it's not going to be okay. But it's like, there is a first step you can take. And it's like, I think people think that I'm like, 
oh, I just got here. And like, I, I forget how I come. No, I'm perfectly aware of how, where I started and how hard it was to like learn these concepts almost from scratch because I didn't like in high school, my senior year, I remember saying like, I'm not going to be, I don't like biology. I'm not good at it. So I'm not going to major in it. I go to college and I, I realized I have to major in biology. It's like, what do you, I was like, oh snap. Like I have to do this. And it's like, I feel like a lot of people still have that like idea that, oh, I wasn't good at science. I don't understand science. That's too many numbers. This thing, it's like, no, you can do it. You can do it. And it's going to be very good for you. You just have to find the first step. And the internet is a wonderful place. Like the internet is amazing place to figure all this out. So that's my argument. It's like, they, they don't, they, they don't think that they need that step. They think that they're okay. Like having not gone to college that, and I think to acknowledge that that first step would need to be taken, would be to acknowledge that they need to work mm. to be more intelligent. And I don't think that that's, I think that's where the disconnect is happening. So like, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, you can give these people all the data you want, but like saying like, you can do it. You can like, look at the data, like that to them is condescending. And they're like, I'm already smart. I don't need to do that. Does that make sense? That's, that's what I'm saying. Like a lack of awareness of what they're missing. What we're missing, whoever we're talking to is missing. Like, I mean, they don't think they need it. Like, if 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 you live in a rural area and no one you know has ever gone to college and you run your own business and you're doing okay, like you don't think that you need that kind of education, and you might be unwilling to acknowledge that that kind of education makes you a more critical thinker or better prepared to analyze the things around you because to acknowledge that would be to acknowledge that, like you you are lacking something does that make sense i mean yeah but I don't, I don't think i agree with the fact that it needs to be done in college like i don't people. No, yeah no that's not what i'm saying I, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm not maybe i missed you but like i know people in college who like i wouldn't like i would have asked me to make me a cake like i wouldn't have anything to do with them dumber than a sack of rocks like so I think that's where I want to shift is like, the, it, like I would say probably if I had like an aggregate of knowledge, right. That's in my mm -hmm. head. I would say like 90% is from the internet or books, like mm -hmm. not being in a, being in a classroom. I think mm -hmm. being in a classroom helped learn the skills to learn stuff on the internet by myself. But overall, like the internet has been like a godsend books, godsend, like, and I feel like but people, I mean, I think it's a little tangent, but I feel like people, this is like another thing, like people don't realize the value of like sitting with a book, reading mm -hmm. a book and not even, not even just reading the book, but like sitting with what you just read, like, and going back to social media, I feel like you see social media, you see all these things, like people telling you what is, and it's like, it's so fast, right? And you don't really think about it. You kind of just, you take it, oh, it's there. But it's like when you're reading a book, like it's 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 not only is it good enough to read the book, it's gonna take time. You have to sit there, you have to commit to reading whatever argument they're making. But like, you have to sit there after and like, what did I read? Is it true? How is it not true? And it's like those are questions that I think are easily implemented and easily said to yourself to help you engage, help people engage with other people. But nobody wants to do that. And I think going back to social media again, I think that's, I think that's part of, I think it's social media has a hand in why people are so averse to doing that. Because then one of the, one of the, I think, I can't remember, I think it was in, in the social dilemma, they were like, oh, you can't sit there with your thoughts without going on your phone. What's the, I think, I think that, I can't remember if it was that or I watched something else, but they said, you can't sit there with your thoughts and thinking about something. You have to be constantly filling it with something on, on a feed. And I think that's one of the symptoms that has grown from social media. Yeah, I would agree. But I, I don't necessarily know that it's like a, I think it's like an attention span thing because of social media that like these like instant gratifications that you get from your phone mm. make it difficult to sit and do something that takes like 
200 pages to get good, you know, like, mm-hmm. I, I, that makes sense. And like, I see it in my own life. Like if I, if I'm constantly reading, it's easier for me to pick up a book and keep going. But when I take breaks and like, I feel that time with TikTok and then try and go back to reading, it's very difficult to pick up the book again, because in 30 seconds, I can laugh on TikTok, whereas this book is going to take me another two hours, you know? So like, I, I get it. And I, I do think that's part of the problem. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't know if it's necessarily like just a social media thing. I think it's like a, like a phone, like, like instant gratification, like YouTube video, like that yeah. kind of thing. Like kind of just keeping the space filled with something like whether yeah. it's social media feed, whether it's YouTube, whether it's, you know, whatever it is. And I mean, Anything I, like the instant gratification. Yeah. But, and I, again, like, I think we, this is I think why we're I, agreeing on like a lot of the things, but like differently, if that makes sense. Well, no, I, I, well, I mean, going, so going back to social dilemma, like this is why I had such an issue with it because like, there's so much to talk about that's like important and like really valid and like needs addressing. And you have this premiere documentary on Netflix that has some very bright minds on it. You know what I mean? Like amazing, like very bright minds. You can very like discuss this, these issues at length and you choose to create this like doom and gloom, like just none of the actual pressing issues, in my opinion, were properly addressed and properly like explained at length. And that's where I think, that's where I got so mad at this particular documentary. So I was like, there's so much to talk about. You have amazing minds on this to discuss this yet you want to portray, you, you want to make it seem as if nobody has a choice and that our hands are tied and that uh, the only thing to do is to bring down, you know, Facebook. And it's like, come on, dude. Like, I feel like there's bigger issues here that need addressing, yet you want to harp on this uh, algorithm or whatever. You know, that's kind of where I sat with it. Interesting. I don't necessarily know that, like, I don't know. Like I said, like, I didn't expect this, like, movie to come in and, like, address, like, everything that has to do with social media and, like, all the issues and, like, really be that substantial, like, substantial, I guess, like, when it comes to, like, information, because, like, it's a Netflix movie. (laughs) Um, And, like, I, I know that it was made not for the purpose of really addressing the issues, but like, as a like, this is a hot button topic. There's stuff that we can talk about here and like, it's entertaining and it'll get people to watch. Does that make sense? I, I mean, don't know if that makes sense. No, it does make sense. And I think you characterize it perfectly. And if I would have heard that before I watched it and like my expectations were, you know, calibrated, right? I've been like, okay, I don't agree, but you know, this is a, you know, Netflix documentary, blah, 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 blah. You know what you just said, but the way it was like brought up to me is like, oh, this is groundbreaking and oh this that and I'm like oh wow like this must be groundbreaking (laughs) and so my expectations were like up here about what it might be talking about and so I think that's where the fall came see that's why because the first time I heard about it the person who recommended it to me was my therapist and she's like I think you should watch it she's like it's not really like a like she talked about the criticisms of it. She's mm-hmm. like, but I think it could still be important to like the problems that you're having. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I went into it like knowing like it, mm-hmm. it's not, you know, what, what am I thinking of? Like a, a 60 minutes episode. It's mm-hmm. a it's a Netflix movie, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, get, I sh- probably should have known. And I, like in my mind, when you t- bring up this topic, I think of Steven Pinker. I think of, he's a the psychologist I was talking about. He has a book mm-hmm. called Brave Rangers of Our Natures. Like he is world-around uh, psycholo- social psychologist. I think of him in his books. I think of Dr. Jonathan Haidt. I think of these people who are like, these professors who are doing amazing research and addressing this at length. And so I put that, I put this, I throw it with them. And now after I read it, I, ripped it away from them and shredded to pieces <laughs> but if i would have not like if, if you would have told me this before or if someone else then not just you i don't put this on you but if someone else were to tell me this before 
I watched it. Like it's like that documentary is a little overhyped, but like it was a cool watch. Blah blah blah. blah. But all right, let's watch. It. Let's give it a try. And like you know, you carry expectations. I still, I still think I don't. I would have been on board uh, with especially the market one. I thought the the market reference of like social media to be outlawed, be outlawed slavery. Like what the what in what world do those comparisons like even like almost like if you if you want to make an actual comparison between the two, I'm like, right, I'm listening to you, but like what the fuck. <laughs> that was like, yeah was but like, i think what? part of that is like not the movie and part of that is just your expectations no yeah it, right yeah. yes so yeah i mean yeah but if yes yes <laughs> <laughs> i on the whole if you would have told me this i still would have came out being like nah, you know nah, i don't know if i'd say it was good i don't think i would have said it was this bad though which you're you're right so hmm. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to the BS in Life podcast. Um, shout out Patrick Sohacky for our dope intro music. Uh, please like, comment, and subscribe. If you leave a comment on either YouTube or Apple Podcasts, we'll shout you out. We might shout you out on the podcast. See you next week. See you next week. Mm-hmm.